Hello, and welcome to the Christ Table Podcast, a Bible study for those who struggle with digging into the Bible, but who want to develop a richer faith, one with some meat on its bones. I'm Kevin Young, a media guy turned minister who's passionate about helping others thrive, especially spiritually. If you're unaware, Christ Table is a movement of people returning the church to her roots in homes, around tables, over food with old friends and fresh conversations. Check us out over at www.christtable.today. In the meantime, today's study continues the topic of unity as we make our journey through the book of Ephesians. We're in chapter 6, verses 1 through 4. Let's dig in. When we come to this section of the book of Ephesians, we come now to uh, a topic that perhaps my kids should be teaching, but they're in school during this time of day, so they're not here. But it is focused on parents and children and their relationships. Now, in yesterday's study, we talked about husband, wives, and and in general, marriage relationships, but marriage relationships specifically about husband and wives. Well, the reason why Paul goes there is because during the first century, uh, the relationship between a man and a woman in marriage was uh, very different than it was today. Women were were property. Women had absolutely no rights. But Christianity and Jesus Christ gave women huge freedom, an incredible amount of rights as compared to other people in their neighborhood and in their community. And so Paul is writing here to the church in Ephesus, and he's saying, you know, um, you have a tremendous amount of freedom as, as a woman and in marriages, but you need to probably make sure that you keep that freedom on the right path, under control a little bit. Now Paul is going to essentially do the same thing in relationship with parents and with children. Well, why does Paul do that? Paul does that because essentially children were kind of in the same boat that women were during the first century. Children were property. They had no rights. And the father in a situation, in a family situation, really had all legal rights to do whatever he wanted to his children. Now, that could go so far as to determine whether or not they received education. It could go so far as to determine whether or not they received support or finances. Actually, it went so far as to mean that the father could make a determination as to whether or not that child lived. At birth, oftentimes in the first century, if it was a female who was born, the father would simply say, I don't want a girl, would abandon the child or could legally have the child murdered. In fact, I, I found this um, I found this write-up in the book of Ecclesiasticus, which is from that time period. And, and I want to read it directly. And so I'm going to look over here at my computer on the side just so that you will get a sense for what it was like to be a child and to be a parent during those times. It says, in the ancient world, a father who loves his son. Now, here's where the quote begins. A father who loves his son will whip him and beat him often while he is still a child. So a father had legal right to to whip, to beat, to brutalize his child whenever and however he wanted to. 
It doesn't stop there, though. I want to keep reading. A father should not pamper his son. A father should not play with his son. A father should not share in his laughter with his son. Being a child in those days was very tough. In the world of Christianity, though, that was very different. It's hard to imagine today us treating children in that way. Certainly, some children are treated in that way, and we see that as tragic. In those days, they see that as the norm. I have this picture of my kids on the first day of school. Uh, the fact that my kids even felt comfortable <laughs> making faces like this in our first school day picture says something perhaps about how different the relationship is now today between parents and children. And so whenever we jump into now Ephesians chapter 6, we have to understand that Paul is writing to this context in the first century, a context that is very different in families then than it is today. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 1. Children, obey your parents because you belong to the Lord, for this is the right thing to do. So Paul immediately begins by saying, you know what, there is liberation and freedom in the kingdom of God, but there is still something to be said in the kingdom of God for obedience to your parents. To those people who are older than you, Paul and Jesus in the Bible has always said there needs to be a level of respect given. And it may not necessarily be because those individuals who are older than you or your parents deserve respect. You're not giving it to them in the measure in which they give love and respect to you. You're just simply giving it to them because you belong to the Lord, because it's the right thing to do. Now, if Paul stopped there, we might actually believe that Paul was simply reinforcing all of the codes of the first century when it came to Greek and Roman households. Paul continues on, though. Honor your father and mother, for this is the first commandment with a promise. Paul says, you know what? This requirement to honor your parents, to respect them, to treat them well, actually, it has something in it for you. And this is it. If you honor your father and mother, things will go well for you and you will have long life on the earth. Now, originally for the Israelites, this commandment was tied to them being able to stay in their land and able to in order to live in the promised land. And so if they didn't honor their parents, if they didn't respect their parents, then the Old Testament says then they wouldn't be able to remain living in the land that God had given them the promised land, the land of Israel. Well, Paul has now broadened this out and said, well, it's important that we continue to do this, not just so you can live in the land of Israel. Clearly, Gentiles weren't promised to, land in the, to live in the land of Israel. But Paul says, you know what? It's important that you continue to do this so that things will go well for you, so that you'll have a long life on the earth, Paul says. Well, Okay, Paul, we get that. That's the responsibility of children. But isn't the problem in the first century the parents? Isn't the problem in the first century the father? Well, he gets there. Verse 6, chapter 4. Paul says, Fathers, do not, promote, do not provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. And actually, and I would say thankfully, 
the word that Paul uses here for fathers is actually a word that could be either father or mother. It's essentially a word for parent. It's non-gender specific. Now, so I think we can now read into that, that Paul is saying fathers, mothers, caretakers, guardians, grandparents, whoever has responsibility for children, don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. And we know what the treatment of children was like in the first century. It was atrocious. It was absolutely terrible. But I do think that if your version renders father here, it's not necessarily out of line to focus on fathers because we know that fathers had a legal ability to treat their children in any way in which they pleased. And so I think it can be said here specifically to fathers and generally to fathers and mothers, you need to be careful in the way you treat your children. If the way that you are treating them is provoking them to anger, then um, you're not living in a way that's pleasing to God. Now, when we hear children, we think young children, but the truth of the matter is, is that in that culture, in that time period, children were still beholden to their father and to their parents, but specifically to their father, no matter what age they were. So, you know, if you had a 60-year-old dad and you were in your 40s or 50s, then your father could still abuse and mistreat you, essentially. Your father still held a authority over top of you. Your father could still provoke you to anger and get away with it. He could make your life a living hell, could make it miserable. And so whenever Paul says here to fathers, he doesn't just have in view young kids. He has in view children of any age. And so if you're a father and you still have kids and you're 50, 60, 70, 80, 90 years old, this verse is actually written to you. Mothers, like I said, this verse is written to you as well. Don't provoke your children to anger by the way you treat them. Treat them differently. This is what the Christian life is all about. And this is what Paul is doing here with these household codes. Yesterday to husband, wife, today to parent and child, and tomorrow to slave and, and master, which is going to be another interesting one. But what Paul is saying here is live differently. Don't live like the world. Live better, but make sure in the way that you live that you are living in a way that honors God instead of provo provoking your children to anger, bring them up with the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Teach them rightly. It's interesting that Paul doesn't say here, take them to church, drop them off, and let the church teach them about the discipline and instruction that comes from the Lord. Paul says, you do it. It wasn't because they didn't have church communities in those days. They had communities of folks who met together in homes that called themselves the church. Paul could have handed this off and said to the leaders of the church in Ephesus, meaning the houses that met in the city of Ephesus, you need to make sure that you're teaching and disciplining and instructing those kids in the way of the Lord. But no, Paul actually lays that burden of responsibility at the parents' feet and maybe even specifically at the father's feet. Moms, dads, if you're relying on the church, grandparents, if you're relying on the church, on pastors, on 
children's teachers and children's workers in order to teach the practices and the knowledge of Jesus Christ and of faith, you're failing. Certainly, you're not alone in it, but you need to be an active part in it. And I get it for a lot of us that's scary. We don't feel equipped. Start somewhere. Do something. A small change. Prayer at a meal. Prayer at bedtime. A question or a conversation that's faith-related. You don't need to know how to park, parse Greek or Hebrew texts. You don't need to have an entire book of the Bible memorized. Maybe just memorizing a verse together as a family. Choosing a verse and saying, this is our family verse, and then memorizing it and, and saying it each night at the dinner table. I don't know. But take a step of ownership and see where it goes. Maybe you'll take a second step. Maybe you'll take a third step. Maybe even a fourth step. And before you know it, you're going to be hitting it out of the ballpark. Now, the cool thing is, we're here to help you. Christtable.today. And I encourage you, take a look, check us out, become a part of what we're doing. Part of our mission is to help you lead your family. Come be a part of us. This Bible study from the book of Ephesians is brought to you by Christ Table. If you'd like to join us in the study, there's an easy to follow guide in the show notes. We'd love to have you join us. You know, 65 million adults in the United States have dropped out of church, and that number will grow by 2.7 million before the end of this year. We here at Christ Table are committed to doing something about that. We're committed to creating a world where the table is once again the center of the home, the center of the family, and especially the center of faith formation. Our mission, it's simple, to help people eat freely and drink deeply of life and of faith. Find out more about us over at www.christtable.today. And when you get over there, be sure to sign up for our email list. And for those who choose to donate, we've got a resource box that we'll send you in the mail as our thanks. And trust me, you're going to like it. By the way, the podcast is available because of the generous donations of our listeners and the incredible community of people who call Christ Table their spiritual home. Join us on our next episode as we continue our step-by-step study through the book of Ephesians. And if you'd like to watch these Bible studies live, there's more information on our website about that as well over at www.christtable.today. Thanks so much for listening. We wouldn't be here without you. Until next time, I'm Pastor Kevin Young, and this is the Christ Table Podcast.